Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 21, verses 21 through verse number 25. While you're going there, let's make our confession together. Ready? Let's go. My life is being restored with the Word of God. The Word of God is restoring my life. One more time. My life is being restored with the Word of God. The Word of God is restoring my life. In verse number 21, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, what is that proverb that ye have in the land of Israel? Saying, The days are prolonged, and every vision faileth. He said, What is this, this proverb, this saying that's going around that I'm hearing? Tell them, therefore, thus said the Lord God, I will make this proverb to cease, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel, but say unto them, the days are at hand. In other words, the time is now, and the effect of the fulfillment of every vision. For there shall be no more any vain, empty, false, or fruitless vision, nor flattering divination within the house of Israel. No more just saying things and, and, and talking about the good things that's going to uh, come about and, and they not happen. They not manifest. They not come to pass. God says those days are over. Amen. Amen. Verse 25, the Lord speaks and says, for I, the Lord, for I am the Lord, I will speak. And the word that I shall speak shall do what? Come to pass. Right, that word shall be performed. It shall be no more prolonged or delayed or just, just drug, dragged along, drug along. He says, for in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word and will perform it, said the Lord God. So we're teaching from this subject of the fear of unfulfilled vision, the fear of unfulfilled vision. This is actually volume number two that we're in in lesson Number three, and our subtopic for this volume is the principles of vision, the principles of vision. The objective is still the same as volume one, and that is to equip, equip you in faith and wisdom and get you focused in fulfilling your dreams and manifesting the visions of your heart. Let's go to Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah 29, vision. Say vision. vision. Say it again, vision. vision. Shout vision. Now, vision is a clear conception of something that is not yet a reality, but which can exist. Vision, it is a clear conception of something that is not yet a reality. In other words, that, that it only lives in me right now. It's in my imagination. It's in my heart. I've created this image. It's a clear conception of something that is not yet a reality, but which can exist. Because vision is always uh, future-focused. Say future-focused. It is a strong and clear image of a preferable future. The future that I prefer. The future that I'd like to have, the dream 
that I'd like to see manifest, that I'd like to see come to pass for any and every area of my life, that whatever that, that dream, whatever that vision, whatever that desire is for your life, that thing that's living on the inside of you, this image that you have, the, the conception of this, this future that you have created, God does not want that thing to die on the inside of you. He wants it to come to pass and become a reality. A vision has nothing at all to do with where you've been. It has nothing at all to do with your past. It has everything to do with your future because vision is future focused. You should be in Jeremiah. I'm sorry, Jackie. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Jeremiah 29 and verse number 11. Thank you much. Jeremiah 29 and, and, and verse 11 God brought you here today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> that he brought you here today with you in mind. This thing is about to get real personal. It's not about the person behind you. It's not about the person seated next to you. It's not about the people sitting around you. This time today is about you. God brought you here today to talk to you about your future. To get your expectations up and expect something good, expect something great, expect something supernatural to take place in your future. And what has been is over. And you have your future to live for. <clears throat> Amen? And God is very interested and, and, and making happen, making come to pass for you what you want or what you desire. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse number 11. Verse 10 says, For thus says the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. I will visit you. This word visit, God said, I will take care of you. Listen carefully. God says, I will take care of you. I will be sure to remember you. I will concern myself with you. I will not fail to come to your aid and give you all the support you need. Glory be to God. What a word from God. That he says that I will not fail to come to your aid and give you every ounce of support that you need to make your dream a reality and to make your vision come to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want you to listen carefully because I, I, I sense an impartation taking place today. That you're not just getting some information, but, but, but something's happening right now that's causing faith to come into this place that's about to be deposited on the inside of you so you can leave here today with the courage to go after what it is God put in your heart. Hallelujah. Verse 11, for I know the thoughts are the plans 
that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now, here's what the Living Bible says. The truth is this. You will be in Babylon for a time. You'll be in Babylon for a time. You, you, you'll be in debt for a time. Marriage will be rocky for a time. That business will be in the garage for a time. Y'all ain't getting what I'm saying. That, that you're going you to be there for, for a time. For a time, you may be paycheck to paycheck, but that's just, that's just for a time. That's just for, that's just for a season. You may be single for a time. It may be, it may be rough for a time. You may be in debt. He said, you're going to be in debt for a time, but then I'm going to come and show up. Yeah. Glory to God. I, I hear that, Lord. Shoot. But then I will come and show up and do all the good things that I promise you. So that means where you are, you're just there for a time because God is getting ready to show up and move you toward the future that he promised you. Glory be to God. Now listen to this from the Message Bible. If you don't have a Message Bible, just look on the screen. This is God's word on the subject. As soon as Babylon 70 years are up and not a day before, I will show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I know a lot of times it looked like he don't know what he's doing, but he said, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. God's not handling your life off the cuff. He got it all planned out. That a lot of things are in his plan. That's why the Bible said all things work together for good. Of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God said, I got it all planned out. He said, I know what I'm doing. I got it all planned out. I have plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future. Watch this now. You hope for What are you hoping for? What are you? What are you? See, this thing is personal. What, what are you expecting? Hope is a forward look with assurance and coupled with expectation. He said, so I'm going to show up. I'm going to take care. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to give you the future that you hope for. Folks, it can't get any plainer than that. That God is not just saying, him, take this, do what you can with it. He said, no, let's talk because I want to give you the future you expect. What do you expect for that business, for that family, for your career, for your ministry, for your health, for your finances? What do you expect? Because whatever it is, God said, that's the one I want to give you. Glory be to God. Go to Psalms, no, Proverbs 23, verse 18. Proverbs 23 and verse 18. We're going to see the same thing. God wants to give you the future that you expect. You know, we can expect some stuff. And I declare today that 
we've been expecting too small. Our expectations need to be raised. We need to raise our expectations like it's God who supplies and not you who supplies. Verse 18, for surely there is an end and thine expectation, what? Shall not be cut off. There is an end. Look at the Amplified. For surely there is a latter end. A latter end. Though your beginning be small, yet your latter end should what? Greatly increase. That's Job 8, 7. Though your beginning be small, it's okay, to, it's okay to start small, but it ain't God to stay small. Though your beginning be small, yet your latter end shall greatly increase. He said, for surely there is a latter end, a future and a reward. Watch this. And your hope and expectation shall not be cut off. Your expectation your hope, that desire, that dream, that vision, the thing that you're looking forward to, the Word of God says, it shall not be cut off. What does that mean? What I'm dreaming, what I'm envisioning, what I am expecting, it will manifest because the Scripture says it will not be cut off. So get ready for manifestation. Amen? Now, we're talking about now these five obstacles. Remember, we talked about these five obstacles of un major obstacles of unfulfilled vision, and we're actually in obstacle number five now, and that's not knowing or understanding the principles of vision. Not knowing or understanding the principles of vision. So principle number one was being clear in your vision, being clear in your vision, and we talked about uh, the result of being clear in your vision, seven results we gave you. Don't have time to go over those. Let's pick up today with principle number two. Principle number two. Know your potential for fulfilling vision. Know your potential for fulfilling vision. Now, when you understand this principle that I'm sharing with you today, go to Joshua chapter, chapter number one, Joshua chapter number one. When you really understand this principle that I'm sharing with you today, no one can stop you from fulfilling your vision or your dream. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. No one, say no one. no one. Say it again, no one. No, nobody, nobody will be able to stop you. When you understand what I'm talking about today and get it in your heart, nobody can stop you. No man can stop you. No woman can stop you. No, no organization can stop you. No family member can stop you. Nobody can stop you. The black man can't stop you. The Hispanic man can't stop you. The white man can't stop you. The Asian man, nobody can stop you. Nobody can stop your dream from manifesting, stop your vision from coming to pass if you understand its principle of knowing the potential that's on the inside of you. Yeah. Because I come to realize 
that many Christians don't understand the potential that's abiding on the inside of them. So therefore, we just settle in life rather than living the life, the abundant life, life in abundance to the full till it overflow that God has already designed for us to live. The good life that he's already made plans for us to live according to Ephesians 2 and verse number 10. Amen. God has made arrangements for you. Go to Ephesians 2.10. Hurry. Ephesians 2.10. Let's, let's stop by that. Ephesians 2 and, and verse number 10 because I got to I just, I, just, I just sense I need to break up some ground. You ever tried to put seed in the ground and the ground hadn't been tilled, the ground hadn't been broken up? You got some farmers here, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know the word, you know, it, you know the word though. But the ground hadn't been, it hadn't been broken up. So you got you to break up ground and, and loosen up ground just to put a seed in it. And so I didn't, I'm, not, I'm not here today, I'm not, I'm not talking to your head today. I'm talking to your spirit today. I'm talking to the, to the man that you're supposed to be living out of, and that's your spirit. You ain't supposed to be living life out of your head. You're supposed to be living life out of your spirit. All right? All right, Ephesians 2 and verse 10, let's go right to the Amplified. The Amplified says... Let me get there. Verse 10 says, For we are God's own hand, handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which he pre predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking path which he has prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, uh-oh, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So there is a good life. Say good life. Good life. Say it again, good life. good life. And everybody in here wants a good life. Yes. Everybody in here wants to live a good life. So God, he has made arrangements and made plans for us to live this good life. But if we don't get a hold of what I'm talking to you about today, you'll never live that good life Amen. that he has designed and he has planned for you to live. Yes, Amen. Amen. You should be in Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. <laughs> now watch this. This is after the death of Moses. Moses dies. And so God starts talking to Joshua about taking over leadership. Look what he says in verse 5. Thou shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of your life. In other words, Joshua, nobody's going to stop you. Amen. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of your life. Notice what he said, as I was with Moses, what? So will I be with thee, I will not fail thee, I will not forsake thee. God say, I will be with you, I will not fail you, I will not forsake you. I am going to be with you. He said, nobody will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. In other words, nobody, Joshua, will be able to keep you from the destiny that I have for your life. I will be with you. I will not fail you. And I will not forsake you. You see that? But now, you would think that's enough. But it's not. He says in verse 6, be strong 
and of a good courage. Be strong and of a good courage. Now, you would think that God said, hey, Joshua, hey, man, don't worry about anything. Look, I'm with you. Just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to fail you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to make you my concern. You're going to be my priority. Hey, just take it easy. No, he said, but here's what I need you to do. I need you to be strong. And I need you to be courageous. Because it matters not that God is with you. It matters not that he said that he will be with you, that he won't fail you, that he won't forsake you. What good is any of that if you won't be strong? If you won't be courageous. Amen? And look what he goes on to say. He picks up, let's pick up in verse number six, uh, verse number seven. Only, there he is again, be thy strong and what? Very courageous. Be strong and be very courageous. Then he talks about his commitment to the word in verse number eight. But look at verse number nine. Verse number nine, he says, have not I commanded thee to what? Be strong and what? Of a good courage. Don't be afraid. Neither be dismayed for I am with you wherever you go. But I need you to be strong and very courageous. So we're going to talk about strength and courage because he's saying to Joshua, he said, here, here are the things you need to hold on to right here. Because, you know, if, if you could talk to Joshua and say, you had a meeting with God, what did he say? Well, he said a whole lot of things, but he kept repeating. Be strong and very courageous. Only be strong and very courageous. Be strong. He said, I'll make my way prosperous. I'll have good success. But then he came right back at the end of that and said, haven't I commanded you? Be strong. And of a good car. Notice he never reminded him. He never said, oh, remember, you shall lead the people into the land for their inheritance. He never reminded him of that. What he kept reminding him of is you've got to be strong. And very courageous. Because Joshua, I can be with you, you can have my word, you can have my promise, but if you don't be strong, if you don't take courage, you'll never tap into what I have for you. Now here's my question, people of God, where is courage and strength? It's on the inside. It's on the inside. So God is trying to get him to tap into what's on the inside of him. Forget about who's against you. Forget about who won't help you. Forget about who won't show you faith. Forget about all of that. I need you to live from the inside of you. I need you to tap into the potential that's on the inside of you. And that's why he said, I'm commanding you to be strong. I'm commanding you to be courageous because this is the thing that's going to cause you and I to step into that next place that God has for us. And God can be with you. God can be on your side. But if you lack courage, if you lack the strength, you'll never move forward. You'll always be stuck and stagnant right where you are and have been for the past five years. Amen. 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 All right, look at Deuteronomy 31 and verse number 6. 31 and verse 6. This is Moses talking to the people. And Moses says to the people in verse 6, what? Be strong, what? And of a good courage, what else? Fear not, what? 
nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he's with you. He says he will not fail you. He will not forsake you. He says be strong and of a good courage. He says don't be afraid, fear not, and do not be afraid of them. Amen. Do not be afraid of them. Why are you always talking about them? Amen. Why are you always talking about they, what they, well, you know, they won't. He said don't be afraid of them. You be strong and you have courage. You be strong and be very courageous. Well, you know, they won't. Don't worry about they. Don't worry about them. You just be strong and be of a good courage. Well, you know, I just don't know. No, he said, do not be afraid. Why are you fearful? I just need you to be strong and be of a good courage. See, the more you talk about them, the less you think about him. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days. of Nobody can keep you from promotion when promotion comes from God. You just need to be strong and of a good courage. Well, they won't loan me the money. Stop talking about them. You just need to be strong. That doesn't mean your provision is cut off because whatever your expectation is, it shall not be cut off. It may not come from them, but it's on the way. If they tell you no, you knocked on the wrong door. You just need to keep it moving and be strong and very courageous. Why? Because God is with me. God will not fail me. God will not forsake me. God will not abandon me. God is going to provide for me and give me all the aid and all the support that I could ever need. So if they don't do it, God will raise up somebody else who will do it for me. Why? I just need to be strong and of a good courage. Because too many of us, we back up when it doesn't go right, when it doesn't turn out right, when they deny us, when they turn us down. We start backing up. We start backing up. And I'm telling you now, the further you back up from that dream, from that vision, you'll keep doing that till that thing is no longer in sight. But you got to be strong because courage is, is the ability to keep going forward in the face of fear, in the face of uncertainty, in the face of danger, regardless to what's going on. That's what courage is all about. And you just got to be this. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know what might is? The ability to do anything. Be strong in the Lord and his ability to do anything. Yes, sir. Amen. Doesn't matter who stands in your way. Whoever stands in your way and try to block you, yes, sir. they're standing in a bad place. You about to get run over, man. You, you about to get railroaded, man. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Why? Because the scripture says, no man will be able to stand before me all the days of my life. And courage and strength is what it takes. Just to finish. Just to keep pursuing your dream and pursuing your vision. Folks, if it was all that easy, everybody be manifesting their dreams and their vision. But you got to be strong for what I'm talking about. Everybody go to college, don't finish. That's right. Amen. Only the strong. The Bible said the race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but those that endure. Yes, sir. 
You got to stay with it. Don't quit it. Stay with it. Stay with it. You can't quit. You got to be strong and of a good courage. Amen? All right, let's look at a couple more things, things here. Let's go to Psalms 27, verse 13. Listen to this statement. God never gives you a dream, vision, or desire without an inward ability to fulfill it. Oh, you need to get that. That God's not, God's not teasing with you. God is not, listen, God is not up here showing you something. Teasing with you. You know how, you know how I had to, you know, y'all been to the dog race. Don't, don't play me now. I know we don't go no more, but we all been to the dog track. Come on now. And you know how they, how they put the rabbit in front of the dog? Now, he ain't going to catch that rabbit. But he keep going, trying to get it. But he, he's chasing something he can never have that he'll never get, but that keeps him moving toward a finish line. Well, God is not hanging that vision, that dream, and that desire just to keep you moving. No, what God puts before you says that there's potential on the inside of you because God wouldn't show you something you couldn't make come to pass. So God never gives a dream, a vision, or a desire without giving you the ability to fulfill it. Oh, my goodness. You know where you can go based on what you saw. Oh, my goodness. Now, watch this in Psalms 27 and verse number 13. Psalms 27, verse 13. Watch what he says. I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord where? Not in the sweet by and by on the other side. That's not what he said. He said, well, in the land of the living. I'm looking to see the goodness of God, the manifestation of God's goodness. In other words, he was in a position where he was right then and there. He did not see the goodness of God, but he believed that he would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. He says, wait on the Lord and do what? Be of good courage and he shall do what? Strengthen thine heart. Now, here's the word of the Lord to you. Whenever you take courage or act courageously, you strengthen your heart in what you believe. Whenever you take courage or act courageously, you are strengthening your heart in what you believe. Amen? So be strong. Tell the person next to you, say, be strong. Tell them, say, be of good courage. Be of good courage. Potential. What is potential? Potential is hidden capacity. It's untapped power. It's ability and energy lying dormant. It's all you can be that you've just not become. It's what you're capable of doing, just have not done yet. Potential is God's power in us that causes us to live beyond us. <laughs> I like that. Potential, potential is bigger than your degree. Amen. 
because your degree is proof of what you've done. Potential is bigger than the millions you got in the bank. I need you to get this. That, that potential has nothing at all to do with anything outside of you. Potential has everything to do with what's on the inside of you. And I'm telling you what's on the inside of you is much bigger than what's on the outside of you. Because it doesn't matter if you live in a 10,000 square foot house and you have millions in the bank that came from on the inside of you. You produce that. You produce that business. You produce that. It came from potential. And nobody in here needs to be discouraged about their current situation or position because you still have potential. Amen. What does that mean? That where you are today, you don't have to be there next week. You may be renting today, but you could be the landlord next year. Come on now, I'm talking about potential now. You may be working for somebody today, but somebody else can be working for you tomorrow. Yeah. Why? Because of the potential that's on the inside of you. You can't be moved or limited by your surrounding circumstance. You got to keep in mind, this boy Bill Gates, he started in a garage. Potential. 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 When you really understand your potential, you'll stop selling yourself short. Because of potential. Amen? Amen? Now go to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number, number 20. Ephesians 3, 20. Say, I have potential. I, I want to talk about your imagination. Say imagination. Imagination affords us the opportunity to envision possibility. Imagination affords us the opportunity to envision possibilities. Imagination keeps us from being limited by our present conditions. Imagination. Imagination gives you an escape to go to a place where it's better for you. So you can come back and deal with the current state where you are. Imagination. That God gives you the gift of imagination. But your imagination is not big enough for everything God wants to do for you. I'm trying to talk to you. I said God gives you the gift of imagination, yet your imagination is not big enough for what God wants to do for you. That your imagination, even though God gave it to you, is too small for what God can do for you. Goodness. And, and you, you got to get this because in our imagination, we can be anything. In our imagination, man, we can go anywhere. You didn't go places in your imagination, ain't never left where you were. Just think about what you're driving in your imagination. Where you living at in your, you, you not both and done. Man, I can see myself driving that. And you still driving what you driving. But you see something else. How you see it? Through imagination. But now your imagination is still too small. 
for God to really show who he is. Y'all don't understand. And that's why the scripture says now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. So even when you imagine something, it doesn't matter how wild it may seem. God says, I can go beyond that. God says, go back and try something else. And, and you go back and you come back to God with, with another 100,000. And God said, I'm able to do exceeding abundantly above. That's all you asked for? That's, that's, that's all. You, you, you didn't fasted and prayed seven days and that's all you can come up with? Now unto him, let's read that, Ephesians 3.20. Because you need to expand your imagination. See, church got you thinking too small. The religious world. You've been around too many short-sighted saints. And they got you thinking too small. Remember Jesus called you the light of the world? Remember, he said that about you. He said, remember, he said, ye are the what? Light of the world. You know what church did? Put a little in front of it. And made a song. This little light. He ain't never said nothing about little. He ain't never said nothing about little. You could have said big light. You could have said flood light. Why you had to go little? Man, ain't never said nothing about little. But the church got us thinking small. Got us thinking small, and God said, I'm able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. So why are you asking so small, and why are you imagining and thinking so small? I'm going to do it not based on the organization that you work for, but according to the power that works on the inside of you. And I'm telling you, there is a power that works on the inside of each and every one of us. Watch this in verse 20. Ephesians 3 and verse 20 says, Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask to think according to the power that works in us. Look at the Amplified. Now to him who by in consequence of and the, the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far and over, far over and above all that we dare ask or think Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desire, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Thank God for imagination. But your imagination is not big enough for what God wants to do in your life and what he wants to do for you. It doesn't compare. Amen? So if it's going to be by the power that works in us, this potential then why are we thinking so small? Why are we thinking so small? Why are we requesting so small of God? When he can go beyond it, whatever we ask, he can go beyond it. But we're taught, we're taught to, to, not, to not ask for much. We're taught to only ask for what we need. We grew up in homes where we only got what we needed, many of us. And to want something was out of the question. You go to the store, you only get what you need. Mama, can I have bought what you need that for? You don't need that. Put that back. 
That's right. That's how we were raised. And some of you raise your kids like that. Yeah. You don't need that. Mm -mm, just get one. You don't, need, you don't need two. Just get one. <laughs> we ain't got nothing to be wasting around here. See, we always, we always associate want with waste. When God's trying to give you the desires of your heart, why is it we have all these testimonies about God supplying our needs? If we lined up today, we'd have testimony after testimony. God will supply your need. I needed this, and God gave me what I needed. I needed this. God gave me. Who's going to testify about the God who gives me the desires of my heart? Who's going to get up and say, I wanted this, and God gave it to me? I wanted that, and God gave it to me. Where are those testimonies? We pass by people's houses and see six cars. Now that's just a waste. That is a shame. Who in the world needs six cars? Now what they need all that house for? See, that's how, that's how, see, that's how thinking. Yes, sir. They don't need that. See, you need conscience. But God is the God, as I get ready to close, God wants to give you what you want. Amen. Mm -mm. I say God wants to give you what, what, what you want. No, he wants to give you your heart's desire. He wants to give you what you want. Make your request made known unto me. That's what he said in his word. Those things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you have them. God wants to give you what you want. Now listen to this statement. If what you have right now is not enough, God wants to increase it and give you more. What I say? If what you have, if, 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 if for any reason you think what you have is too little, God wants to increase it. He wants you to ask him for more. Listen carefully. See, you'd have a problem with a man who having all the transportation. Because here's what I'm not talking about. You and your wife, y'all got a family. And you know how tough it can be with one vehicle. Right? When one vehicle, you know, you got four, five folk in the house and everybody got to be somewhere at the same time. It's tough with one car. Can I get a witness? Long. I don't know what I need to say to get y'all. <laughs> so we have one vehicle, and we really need a second car, right? And so we ask God for a second car because we need a second car. And folk won't have any problem getting in agreement with you. That God would bless you with that. They'd be praying, Lord, bless us to so-and-so. 
You know she need another car. And so they, they got no problem getting in agreement with you for that. But here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you got a nice car, wife got a nice car, and you got an SUV to get around with the family, and now you just want a drop top. That's what I'm talking about. You don't, you don't, you don't need a drop top. You have no, you have no need for it. drop. You just drop top. Just get, when you woke up this morning, you just had drop. You imagine drop top, and if you can imagine it, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. Woke up this morning with drop top on your mind. Trying to get you to see. I'm going to show you the scripture in a minute. Trying to get you to see that God has no problem with you coming back to him and saying, God, what I have is not enough. I ain't talking to your head. I'm talking to your spirit. Lord, you blessed us with this house. And when we moved in it, it was nice and still nice. And, you know, it's 5,000 square feet. But, you know, God, I, I sure like to have another 2,000 square feet. I ain't talking about need. I'm talking about want. I just, I just want. So, so, God, you know, what do you want me to do? You want me to add on? Because I'm sitting on left makers. You want me to add on or you want me, you want me to sell this and... And, and, and move on, want me to get me something else, or, you know, what you, what you want, but I want something else. This ain't enough. Amen. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah ain't, ain't nobody but me and the wife here, but this ain't enough for her. Amen. We're trying to extend the chase. And some of y'all missed that. That went, went right by you. Some of that went right, went right by y'all. You... <laughs> Some of, them, some of them missed that, bro. How? That, that went right, right by him. Right by him. I was talking to your head then. I guess you were still in the spirit. Let me close. Go to 2 Samuel. I got I to quit. 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel. God, God wants to, I want to say it again. God has no problem. What you thinking where you are is too small. Yeah. Amen. He has no problem. What you thinking that where you are is too small. Because he, he don't want you compromising. He, he, don't want you, he don't want you upset. He don't want you to feel you've been cheated. If, if, if what you have is not enough, God is ready to give you a blank check. Show you in the scripture. Because he does what? Exceeding abundantly above what? All you ask or think according to the what? Power that works on the inside. What did Solomon ask for? Wisdom. Wisdom and understanding. What did he get? Wealth, riches, and honor. Where that come from? I do exceeding. Abundantly above all you ask. You ask for wisdom and not, I'm going to give you that. But, but, but to keep my reputation. 
can't go beyond what you ask. Look at 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel. You don't want too much. Folks, but listen, listen. Look, look what the Bible said. Look what the Bible said. To whom much is given, the requirements just change. God never said that was, now that's too much. No, no, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. The, the requirement level just changed. That's all. Look at verse number seven. And this is when after David had messed up with Bathsheba. Remember that? David was the king. He saw Bathsheba bathing. He sent for her, slept with her, uh, got her pregnant. And, and then, uh, you, know, had, had, you know, she was married to uh, Uriah the Hittite. Then he had Uriah come home, who was serving in, in the army, had him come home and, and, and you know, and, and brought him to his house. Before he got to his house, before he got home, he brought him over to his house, got him drunk. Got him drunk. Don't be looking at me like you don't know what drunk is. <laughs> Got him drunk, and then, you know, sent him home to his wife. So that, because he's drunk, he don't know if he slept with her or not. So she just ended up pregnant. I could have done it, could not. I don't know, I was drunk. But here's the thing, Uriah never went home. He slept on the porch. So now David's plan didn't work, so now David got to have him killed. So David has him killed. So, so now the prophet, you know, David didn't hear all this stuff, but then the prophet, God speaks to the prophet, tell the prophet what's going on. And so the prophet shows up at David and say, hey, David, look, uh, you know, David, who's a sheep lover, he loves sheep. And he says to David, he said, look, uh, you know, there's this, there's this man, uh, you know, this, this, this rich man who has a lot of sheep. And he wanted to, you know, get ready for a feast and all of that. Instead of him taking one of his own sheep, what he did, he went to the poor man down the street who only had one little sheep. And he took his sheep and killed him for his feast. David said, oh, my goodness. Who is this man? This man needs to be murdered. Who has done this thing? And he says to him in verse 7, and Nathan said to David, thou art the man. That's what you did, David. Thus said the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel and delivered thee out of the hand of, hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and Jacob. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such thing. What in the world is such and such thing? That's a blank check, man. That, he, he said to David, he said, look, David, man, if that, if that wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough, David, you didn't have to go and compromise. All you have to do is come holler at me. All you have to do is come talk to me. You could have asked me for whatever, and I would have gave you such and such. In other words, God said, I can't even name all the stuff I would have gave you. You didn't have to do what you did. If you wanted more, you could ask me for more. Notice he didn't say, I gave you this, I gave you that, and I gave you that, and you ought to be satisfied. 
How much more you want? No, he said, I gave you this, I gave you that, I gave you this. I did all this stuff for you. And the Bible teaches David was wealthy. He said, I gave you riches. I gave you all this stuff. And, if, and David, if that wasn't enough, you just should have asked me. And I would have given you such and such a thing. He said, uh, the, 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 the message Bible, let me, let me, I, I forgot what the message says. Where's my message Bible? Put it up on the screen. Put it up on the screen. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Look, 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 what, look what he says here. He said, he said I, I, I gave you your master's daughters, your master's daughter, and, and the other wives to have and to hold. I gave you both Israel and Judah. And if that hadn't been enough, I would have gladly thrown in much more. <laughs> Who in here believe the word of God, man? It, and God said, if, if, if I, I, gave, I gave you a business, I, 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 gave you, I gave you everything you wanted, everything you asked for, and if that wasn't enough, you should have came to me. Because I, I wasn't looking for you to come. I didn't know you was going to stop coming to church. You should have came and talked to me. If you wasn't satisfied with what I gave you, you didn't have to quit church. You could have came and talked to me, and I threw some other stuff in just to keep you. If things had gotten tight, you didn't have to stop tithing. You could have came and talked to me. And I'd have threw in some increase for you. You didn't have to stay home from anniversary because pastor asked everybody to give a thousand. You could have came and talked to me. And I'd have made sure you when you walked around, you had your grand, but you didn't come talk to me. You talk to him. You want more? Talk to him. Stop talking to your doubting relatives, letting them talk you out of stuff. There y'all go again, getting another car. Y'all don't need what y'all need. Oh, this ain't need him, mom. We, 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 you know, we were sitting at the house, we realized we didn't have a Thursday car. You don't wear the same socks every day. We were just checking the list and checked it twice, found out that we was missing the alphabet M. We had the Aston Martin, we had the Bentley, we, we, we had the Coupe de Ville. We had the, uh, 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 what's, what's the D? No, 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 no dogs, no dogs. <laughs> Diablo. See, that just sound different, Diablo. Here's my point. Here's my point, that if it's not enough, that's potential on the inside of you. Potential reaches for more. Potential reaches for more. And God doesn't want us to compromise that whatever you want, ask him. He'll give you such and such a thing. If you're not satisfied with the number of customers you have, stop complaining. Ask him for more, because God doesn't like 
nagging and complaining. He doesn't like you murmuring. So just ask him for more. He will increase you more and more. You and your children. Amen. But that's potential in you, folks. That's right. You tell them. So they, they, they ain't here. You, you tell them again. But there's so much more that God wants to do in you. God wants to do through you. God wants to do for you. But we got to get out of this thinking that want is waste. Want is not waste, folks. Want is not waste. Want is the will of God. Ask whatsoever you will, and he will give it thee. Amen. Folks, that's clear. That's, that's, that's clear. Abide in me, my word abide in you, and you can ask what you will. That sounds like what you want. And I will give it to you. Amen. What things soever you desire, when you pray, what things soever you what? Desire. What things soever you what? Desire. So it's okay to pray for what I desire. So God's not a God that's just stuck on what you need. He'll give you what you want. Doesn't have to always be need. We know he'll supply our need, but, but will he really give us what we want? Will he really give us our desires? Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give a Lord a hand for the word.